Okay, last week we spent a lot of time on Vekas, that the purpose, ultimately speaking, is the Vekas, which is an attachment to the Rabbanu Shalom. And uh, clearly there's an experience going on, you know, and uh, I had gone last week very extensively, anyway, into the experiencing. Not really, but anyway. We spoke a lot about it. Okay. Now, so the Ramchal continues, that man is obviously the creature, the being, that has to experience this Vegas. You know, which is really, when you think about it, really <coughs> extraordinary. Because the amount of beings, scientists estimate that there are between 10 and 100 million different species. That's a lot, and not things, nice. spe- living species, yeah. life forms. <laughs> That's what they Now, individual different species, that's beyond belief. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's like <coughs> incredible. And when you think about it, out of all the life forms, you know, let's say out of 100 million life forms, there's only one that will experience the Rabbanishlam and for whose purpose the whole Bria was created is, is incredible, you know. So when a person thinks about it, what does he have to do? Every morning you have to get up and say, but what? One, that you're not an inanimate object. You're a life form. <coughs> Two, you're living. You're not inanimate, right? You're living. But more than that fact that you're living, you are a human. You could have been a tree. You know what I'm saying? Quite boring. Or a cow. Right? And you're, you're, you're a human being. But not only are you a human being, right? You have consciousness. And not only that, you're a human being that has consciousness, right? You are Jewish. Jewish. And not only are you Jewish, you are religious. <laughs> you, are, you are from. You observe the Torah. You have any idea of what, what thanks that is? So it's not just that man is the only creature, creation, you know? There's so much other stuff, and a person has to say, you know, Shiloh Yisani Goy, you know, that's what the Chazal did, you know? Shiloh Yisani Isha, well, anyway, Shiloh Yisani Ovid, Goy, you know, it's unbelievable. Because each of these things is an incredible bracha, which we take for granted all the time. Because we're so used to having them, we don't even think about what it means not to have them. Anyway, so I find that to be a remarkable concept, which you can really think about, meditate on, and, and realize that incredible. Of all the hundreds, hundred million species, we're the only ones that are going to make it into that unbelievable vacuum. is incredible. That's what I find. It's like the guy who won, who was the biggest winner of all? $600 million the guy won. A lot of me. It's like the guy who won six hundred million dollars. You know, so he's got to wake up one morning and say, "Of all human beings on the planet, I've been blessed <clears throat> to be among the wealthiest of human beings." I mean, it's like beyond belief. Think about that. You know. <clears throat> anyway. Okay. So, then what Ramchal says, "We will tell us in Ashlemshvatoswaynis." The Ramchal is now about to give interesting the status or the state of man. Yeah. To give the status or the state of man. But you have to remember one thing. 
that the state or the status or the situation, maybe it's a better word, the situation of a person has to be designed specifically to allow him to achieve this vacas. Or else why would he look this way? So what we're talking about is the determinant for the situation of man has to be a certain uh, design. And in that design, he can achieve his purpose. So that's what the determinant is. Will this allow you to achieve your purpose or not? You know what I'm saying? It's a very important determinant. And not only that, but we can even enlarge on that concept. And we can say that the determinant for all species, living or non-living, must be able to either contribute or to achieve the purpose of the Bria. Therefore, every living form, and there's 100 million forms, plus the whole structure of the universe, the galaxies and the clusters and superclusters and all that, you know, the amount of stars, everything is there for only one reason, to advance or to contribute to the purpose. Now the question is, huh? What do you need so much stuff for? I mean, what's a galaxy that's 10 billion light years going to do for me? So you arrive at a very important conclusion that we don't know. We, we hardly know anything about this Brio or in terms of why it was made. We don't know. And so on. Some things we can figure out, but most of the things we have no concept. Why is there a beetle walking in Nigeria right now, right? On the ground looking for something to eat. Why? The was hot that's done with me. You know, say, what does he have to do with me? You know? Yet that beetle in Nigeria is walking on the ground looking for something to eat. And if he did not contribute to the purpose of creation, he wouldn't exist. Wow. You know? So people don't understand that you need a justification for existence. You don't just merely exist because the Bosch decided, why not? It's like a shotgun, you know? Spreads out and creates a lot of people. No. Every molecule that the Bonsham is Mahave, which means calls into existence, must contribute to the advancement of creation. So then we begin to realize that we almost know nothing about the advancement of creation. Interesting. And not only that, why does a tiger look the way it does? It's not merely the existence of a tiger. Why does it look the way it does? Why does an elephant have a trunk? I mean, the Bunshim didn't have to do that, you know. So that's the second very incredible idea. That not only is what exists have to have a justification, but the way it exists has to have a justification. In every single detail. Down to the, down to the quark, which is the inside the nucleus of the atom, needs a justification, you know. And it's not a matter of, well, it's hard for God to do this. No. He just thinks about it, and there it is. You know, people don't realize, like I'm saying, that everything needs a justification to exist. If they have no justification, what happens? They're annihilated, or they never came into existence in the first place. So we begin to realize how much we don't know. Very interesting idea, you know. Not only what is, but in what form or what situation it is, needs a justification. 
And now we understand also some important, why is it some things go extinct? And the answer is because we don't need them anymore. Not we, the Roshim doesn't need them anymore. Their presence in no way contributes to the, uh, to the tachas of the Bria. So, he allows man to destroy them. Man has no reason why he wants to destroy, you know. Does everything uh, belong to the ecosystem? I mean, is, is everything understood as part of the ecosystem? Well, that's, that's among the chidushim of the last, you know, 50 years, is that a thing doesn't exist in, 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 by itself. It needs an ecosystem, it needs a support system. So everything is intertwined, you know, where this gives, you know, it's like, you know, and, and scientists find out if you make a certain species extinct, all of a sudden, there's another, if you, if you remove cats from New York City, they go the rats, right? And if the rats go up, it's, it's, it's like, so everything, so what the Bosch did is incredible, not only, so what the Bosch did is incredible, not only does a thing need a purpose or of existence, and not only a situation, right? The whole interaction of the Bria is incredible. It is incredibly complicated. You know, the interactions <coughs> that if all of a sudden there's something that's not around, then it doesn't interact. But then something else is missing, and then something else is missing, and so on. So there's it, it, trillions of different phenomena. You know, why is the Gulf Stream warm? Why is it some streams are cold? Each thing, if they would change by four degrees, the planet would end. Incredible, when you think about that. So do not, you know, we, we think, ah, we know some. We don't know anything. We know zilch. We don't know anything. That's how complicated the Bria is. Well, how much do we know of this anyway? That's what Shloma, Shloma, Dorah means. Rab, Marovu Maasecho. You know, it means, you know, and he wasn't even a scientist. And, you know, Dabra Malach was obviously a novi, you know, and so on and so forth. But, you know, we need science to show us the complexity of the Bria. He didn't need that. He had Nevoa. You know, he could see. But in the end, what he said, of course, is even, even his statement is an understatement. It's an understatement. How great is your work? It's an understatement. Yeah? It's, uh, so... Clearly then, if everything needs a situation to contribute to the advancement, we certainly need the right situation to advance, because we're the guys who do it here. You see? So the determinant for everything that it is, the way it is, how it interacts, you know, and how long it survives, is all determined by purpose, tachas. So the Ramchal is now going into the situation of man. You know, that's, that's what he's going into, you know. And why man is the way he is, because that's what he needs to be to do the tachas. It's a simple concept, but it has a lot of expansions to it, you know, so, okay? That's what the Ramchal is going to go into in, in many ways in the Paragim Okay? Any questions so far? I think they just, they just found out the black holes. They found play, out play black holes. Yeah. Play an integral part in the formation of galaxies. Yeah. Well, they in knew that before. Of, no, well, that there was the jets when they, the black holes eat up all the matter, yeah. but eventually they get full and they start expelling matter. And when they get, basically, it all works out. When the galaxy gets just the right size, that's when they stop, that's when they stop uh, feeding. When they find this out. Mm, maybe two years ago. Yeah.
black hole expels matter, it's interesting. Because what happens is it's a singularity. No, but it gets too much and it starts... Which is interesting, I have to know that Okay. I'm saying that everything worked out. They yeah. Everything worked out just yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Um, I'll mention just one, which is really fascinating. By the way, it's one of the proofs that God exists. I mentioned this idea. There was a book written on it by some British physicist. Actually, he's an astronomer. What's his name? Reese. He realized there are six constants in the universe. And the mathematical figure of these constants is like 30 digits. Okay? <coughs> For instance, uh, you know, the, the gravitational attraction, you know, is a, is a constant, you know? They, scientists realize that there are six of them. And if the last digit, how big is a 30-digit number? A decimal. It's beyond belief. You know, there's one-tenth, one-thousandth, one-billionth, one-trillionth. How, how, what are we talking about? You know, so we talk about something, uh, you know, zero point, and then you got de decimals. The further out you go, the smaller it is. So when you get out to 30 digits, it's like, this is absurd. What the thing, it's so little, you know. If that 30th digit, 29th or 28th or whatever, was off by three digits, then what's from a four, it went down to three, or from a seven, it went to eight, then that phenomenon would, the universe could not exist. It's unbelievable. And there are six of them, each one different than the other. For instance, let's take a, for instance, you know, you know, let's take a, a, an atom, you know, the, 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 the atom is composed of basically a proton, which is a positive charge, and, and a neutron, which is neutral. The problem is that like charges repel. So if you have an atom, let's say, that has 80 protons in the nucleus, that's 80 things pushing away. So the question is, why is anything stable? Why is anything stable? If, what? Wait, so therefore, there has to be some force which actually pulls all the protons together because without that force, everything flies apart and we're composed of atoms with nucleus, protons, you know? So there's no stability in the universe. There is no universe. So because what keeps it together? So the answer is a strong force. There is four forces of nature which scientists realize. One of them is called the strong force, that in the nucleus there's actually a force that holds it together. Incredible. You can measure the force. You can measure the quantity of that force, you know. And it goes out to 30 digits. If that thing was off by four digits in the end of the decimal, then the universe couldn't exist. So what's the probability that that force knew that had to be equal and opposite to the, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the repelling force. How did it know? You know? You know what I'm saying? And there are six of these types of phenomena. For instance, a star. A star is nothing more than a body that's constantly having hydrogen bombs explode. That's what a star is. A star is nothing more than matter, hydrogen, that is constantly fusing together. It's a hydrogen bomb, it's called fusion, and therefore the star is blowing up. I mean, it's massive, you know. The real shot is, well, why doesn't it just blow up? Gravity. So the answer is gravity. 
So you have two opposing forces. The, 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 the thermonuclear reaction of a hydrogen bomb is incredible. And the star is one big hydrogen bomb. The sun is about 800,000 miles wide. And the Earth is only 8,000 miles wide. 8,000. And the sun is 800,000 miles. And the whole sun, which basically consists of hydrogen, the nucleus of the hydrogen is, is fusing, creating unbelievable amount of energy. So the sun is nothing more than an, a humongous hydrogen bomb. So the question is, why don't you just blow up in the end, therefore no stars exist? And the answer is because gravity. Because gravity holds matter, attracts, and nobody knows what gravity is. It's beyond belief, you know? So, but it has to be equal. The gravitational pull has to equal the explosive push. If it was off, you know, in that 30 digit, by that four digits at the end of the formula, there would be no stars. No stars, no planets, universe doesn't exist. So there are six of these phenomena that if they vary by four digits at the end of 30 or 29, there's no universe. So, and it's not that one is tied to the other, each one's independent. So that's the biggest proof that there had to be a supreme being. This, it's impossible to have been done by chance. How could chance do that? How did chance know that the exact push and pull has to be within a certain limit? That's only three digits or four digits at the end of a 30-digit number, or 30-decimal number, I should say. Which is a brilliant chance. A chance. Brilliant, a brilliant chance. Who? The brilliant chance. Brilliant chance. <laughs> No, when, you, when you look at it and you realize, so this guy wrote a book. His name is Reese. That was his first name, you know? He said the name of the book is The, the Six Constants, you know, and so on, you know? And scientists are stuck. I mean, it's a pleat summa, you know? So he tries to give an answer, which is. <laughs> you know, it's, the answer is absurd. They, they have no answer to this. There's no answer. No, no probability exists that could have made a universe that can exist with push and pull exactly equal to allow atoms, stars, and so on, so Anyway, but again, when the Russian designed the Bria, he designed it in a way where it can save stability, or else there's no Bria. Anyway, so Ramchal wants to go now into the situation of man. So the first thing he says that man, the most immediate situation of a human being, is that on one side there's Shlemus, and the other side is chesar, automatically. We are not perfect beings. We'd like to think we are, but we are not. And the question is, so therefore we lie between perfection and deficiency. That's where we lie, you know. And then the question is, what is perfection and deficiency? It's another question. In what are we perfect, and in what are we deficient? But the first thing to do is that we are smack in the middle of this, you know. That's what he begins to say. Obviously, why? Why should man... A malach is not deficient. A malach is perfect at the level he was created. He's perfect at the level he was created. There are ten classes of malachim. Okay, ten classes. Okay, the lowest, the lowest class, the highest class, and so on. And, and whatever class he was made, there's no deficiency. There's no improvement possible, you know. The only improvement he can have is if he goes to a higher class. We, however, we are a composite of material that is incredibly low, deficient, and material which is incredibly, uh, what do you call it, um, exalted, 
qualitatively. So well, perfection has degrees, levels. Oh, per yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. And if it you does. deficiency too. What's that? Deficiency too, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So therefore, then the question is, why did Russian do that? Why do we have to be created between perfection and deficiency? Because our job is to become perfect. You know, what's the point of it? We need to become perfect. So the Russian created us specifically to be deficient in order for the fact that we can remove the deficiency and become perfect. So that's one situation. The second situation is Zichelis. Well, fine, but give me the wherewithal, the means to become perfect. So that's a second requirement of man, is not only to have a situation <coughs> where I'm not perfect, and therefore I can achieve perfection, there has to be a situation where I can have the wherewithal to achieve perfection. It's obviously the second idea, okay? And in each one of these things you go into, you know. <clears throat> and then the third requirement is okay. Let's assume I have the wherewithal. Let's assume that what I want to do is to achieve perfection, or rather to get away from the deficiency, you know. But who's compelling me? No. You have to have Bechira. You need to be able to do this because you want to do this. There cannot be anybody compelling you to do this. And that was the old problem of Namdik Sufa. In other words, you need to be the cause of your perfection. You need to be the cause, or you need to be responsible for it. Then it could be said that you are the master. You're the one who did it. Clearly, if the Bansha makes you do it, you're not the master. And then it would go against the whole concept of bread of shame, Namdik Sufa, which I had given a share a while back. You know what I'm saying? So that's the third situation. You need to have Bechira. You need to have free will. Free will is a very difficult thing to understand. Very. First of all, you have to understand something. Nobody has total free will. Nobody. We have what's called a range of free will. In certain situations, we can operate freely. In others, we can't. We are compelled to do whatever we have to do. You know what I'm saying? If the Russian wants to punish somebody, for instance, then he will compel him, let's say, to drive or to walk in a certain area. He doesn't know why. He thinks he has free will. Why? So then maybe he can be injured or damaged or harmed. He didn't have free will. Now, we cannot discern when we're operating freely and when we're not. We don't know. There's no way you could know if what I just did was because I really wanted to do it or because I couldn't care less. <coughs> I mean, you know, somebody's telling me. We don't know. But we do not have complete free will. I mean, anytime we know that we have free will, we do have free will. No, we don't know when. We don't know when. Are you here by free will? Uh -uh. Yeah. I mean, I hopefully everybody's here yes. because of the free will. <laughs> I would hate to think the wife threw you out of the house and said, "Go to his shear." You know, but we can't. We, we we cannot differentiate when we have and when we don't. The important thing to know is that we don't always have free will. A lot of what we do is compelled. You know, if the person wants to reward you, you know then the right lottery number is going to fall into your head, you know? And you're going to win the lottery, you know? It wasn't free to will. Where did the numbers come from? The Russian gave it to you. 
because he knows who the lottery is, who's going to win the lottery. You know, we all hope for that type of. If you're going to compel me, give me the right lottery numbers. You know, it's like we're all hoping. But anyway, um, um, so that's important to know the concept. You know, then, then you have one of the most difficult things to understand. You know, the old problem, there's the old problem of, of uh, well, if the Russian knows, well, that's, if he knows what he do, the problem is, if the Rebbe knows what you're going to do, so how could you have to do that? It's the old problem. You know, it's a famous problem. Because his knowing clearly will compel you to operate or to act in the way that he knows. So how can you have free will? That's, that's the, you know, how does his foreknowledge it contradicts your free will? People try to answer that, but I think this, that's really a, really a simple thing to answer. The Russian doesn't know what you're going to do. He doesn't know. By the way, there's a Ralbach. This is an incredible Ralbach. It's a Rishon, Rabbi Levi Ben Gershon. He brings in, in Shedas Chuvus or Rivosh. That's Ralbach. Levi Ben Gershon. No, excuse me, it's not Ralbach. It's the Rivosh. My mistake. He's in Shedas Chuvus or the Rivosh. Guy's name, uh, whatever, uh, Jacob and Sheshis, maybe I'm not sure. Anyway, he writes a chuva, and he brings this chuva down. He writes his kasha. If the Russian knows what you're going to do, so then where's the free will? He brings it down. The kasha is a chuva. And you know what he answers? What's that? Yeah, I was right. Jacob and Sheshis. Pull that right out of that. Oh, uh, that's the Rivosh, famous Jews. So in there is a tshuva, where he asks this question. Could be somebody asked him, and therefore it's a tshuva and so on, whatever, you know. You know what he answers? Remarkable. The Rivosh writes that the Rosham does not have foreknowledge. He doesn't know. So how does he pull it off then? Because the Rosham is such an unbelievable chokhm, psychologist, that he can predict what's going to happen with 100% accuracy. That's what he writes, which is incredible, you know? Is it Machlux Yishayim? Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the Rivash. I mean, yeah, yeah. So the Rambam pretty much says that the entire history is laid out where Well, I'm going to get into that. So, but I'm just showing you that, I'm just showing you that the problem of free will with the motion's foreknowledge versus his, our free will, it was dealt by the Rishonim. It was a famous question of philosophy. That doesn't really take care of the problem, though. What? doesn't really take care of the problem, because he knows yeah, everything. Yeah, well, he what, knows what you're going to do. No, he doesn't he know what you're going to do, but he is such an unbelievable predictor that he's 100% correct. But that's you know. the same thing, really. Even it's, it's no, only one step down. It's only no, one no, step down no, to it's seeing it No. Because he's still, he's still right. No, but it's based on his chokhmah, not on his knowledge. The, the, you know, what we, what we, the, way, what the bottom line is when you come down and it's predestined about what's going to happen. He knows. What's gonna happen. Well, he, he knows what's going to happen because he, he, has, he has such an unbelievable predictive ability. According to this, the future doesn't exist yet. Wait, th th that assumes there's a future. Obviously, you know. This is what he writes to me, Vosh. I mean, obviously, it's interesting. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's I mean, Even your wife knows what, you, what you're going to do, but you still have Bechira. Yes. Well, that's what he says. Therefore, there's no contradiction. 
you know, that, uh, uh, you know, well, in this case, that he can estimate accurately and so on and so forth. But, um, yeah, but the question, how do you know what you're going to do? How does your wife know what you're going to do? Oh, she knows. <laughs> I don't. She doesn't know how she knows what she does. She does. Okay. <laughs> who gives that? Who, yeah. who that? You know, because she, she knows your habits and your tendencies and your proclivities. <laughs> proclivities and tendencies. <laughs> it's fancy English. She has such an incredible grasp of yeah. you as a person yeah. that she can predict what you're going to do. With it in uncanny accuracy. She would know my, know my thoughts. Even before you think it. <laughs> That's the finish. Yeah. And the silver Bechira, so it's just... In fact, she probably is telling you, I know what you're going to say, here's what you say, and I'm going to say, yeah. forget. But then I know what you're going to answer me, I'm going to say, forget. And then I know what you're going to answer the answer of that, and I'm going to say, so you say, you know, I can't even talk. I mean, there's nothing to talk because you got it all figured out. Anyway, what can I say? Anyway. But the, when you think about it, I mean, all kinds of people to answer, yeah, and so on. But in the end, the simple answer is that if, in order for the Russian to know what you're going to do, there has to be a future when it hasn't occurred. There is no time. The Russian does not exist in time. So the question is, so what does that mean? Does that mean everything is present? It's also not true. That's not an answer. You know, well, there's no past and there's no future. So what is there now? There's the immediate, the instant present. But if you think about it, that instant present only lasts a nanosecond, not even a nanosecond. It's 10 to the minus 43, which is so beyond belief. It's such an incredibly small time span, and even that's not the present. It's 10 to the minus million, and so on, you know? So in the end, there's still even that, if he knows the present, can't last more than that. But the Russian doesn't know the present. There is no time. We don't understand what it means to have no time. We don't know. You know? It means you do not exist. There is no past, present, or future in your life. And we do understand that. We don't know what the alternative well, we don't, is. We don't exist in time either, you're saying? Essentially. No, no, well, we, no, no, we do. It's supposed because to they say, in the, in the, when it says beratious, beratious, so one of the translations of that is with a beginning means with time, with the phenomenon called time, the Bershom created the Bria, you know. But he does not exist in time. Therefore, he doesn't know what you're going to do, because there's no future. See, the whole thing, according to his being, doesn't exist. So there's no problem. His knowing of what you're going to do has <coughs> nothing to do with time. Yes, it has nothing to do with the future. Because there is no future. Right. So, uh, what, what is, yeah. He knows what your Bechira was. Yeah. Is. yeah. Now, we don't, of course, we, we have no concept of what time is. But how does it work? Like, in space, time doesn't, is not the same as, as over here, right? The what? Time in space. Is it the same? I mean, is it moving at the same, at, at the same speed as time, time on Earth? That's not in time, doesn't it? Right. Yeah, I always thought if you take twins, I also I always heard, but I never like really looked into it. Take twins, one is one is on Earth, one is in space. The one on space is gonna grow at a much slower. Speed. No, 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 no. You're into Einstein's theory of relativity. That's number one. Okay. Now Einstein, it's not that time is different. Einstein held that motion alters time and space. In other words, if you're if you're in motion, if you're if your speed 
is 90% of the speed of light. Light travels 186,000 miles a second. It's pretty fast. Or 300,000 meters, depending on what you want to say. Okay? Yeah, so Einstein said, you know, that nothing can travel faster than light. Nothing. <clears throat> Which is interesting, because there seems to be things that contradict that. And so on. But that's number one. That's his first great statement, that nothing can go faster than 186,000 miles a second. And by the way, that means light goes around the Earth seven times in one second. That's why communications is almost instant as far as we're concerned. The second thing he said was that the faster you go, the more time slows down. Real time. We don't understand what that means. That means time contracts. It goes slower. Or the rate or the duration of existence is slower. So therefore he says that if you have twins, this is what you mean. One day one guy takes off in a rocket ship and he's going almost at the speed of light, right? And 70 years comes back. Or, or, or he's been gone, let's say, so when he comes back, his twin will be 70 years old, and he will be 20. Because since time for him slowed down, he doesn't age as fast. Whereas the guy on Earth aged 70 years, he will only have aged five minutes. Sorry, now, I'm, what? I'm not trying to sleep. I don't know if it's a topic now or not. No, I mean, you meant because... Uh, no, I just wanted to ask if there was a concept of time, different speed of time elsewhere. And no, could it help us it's motion okay. that determines the rate of time, not anywhere else in the universe. Yeah, but everything's anyway. in motion, so... It, what? It, everything's in motion. It's so motion. It's really anyway, uh, so, anyway, so... What we did was get rid of the question, because the whole question doesn't make sense, there's no time in the... Yeah, so therefore the whole question is... There is no future to know. No question. But that's not the real problem. And it's funny, nobody really mentions the real problem with the, with the concept that we exist in time and the question knows what we're going to do. The real problem against Bechira isn't the problem of God's foreknowledge and our free will. That we can solve. Like I said, no time. But here's the real problem. Okay, everybody with me? Here's the real problem. Everything I do <coughs> needs the Rebbe to allow me to do it. I don't exist by myself. The Rebbe has to constantly say, exist, exist, exist. That's what, that's what, you know? In other words, the Rebbe brings the universe into existence. And then for every instant of time, he has to say to himself, be, be, be. If the motion would be distracted, <laughs> if you could do that, for an instant in time, then everything would evaporate instantly. Interesting. So, you know, so the last thing we want to do is distract God. <laughs> you know, so you begin to think, well, do I really want to talk to him because maybe he'll get into my conversation? <laughs> he'll forget about it. the end of the universe, you know? Thank God the mushroom can do multitasking. <laughs> multitasking, which means he can do the universe and he can also listen to our prayers. Anyway, but what's interesting is this. If everything that exists, if everything that exists 
needs the Bosham to make it be, so how can I have a thought that the Bosham doesn't make exist? When I, I cannot make exist something which he doesn't think about. So then how, how can I, what does it mean? What I never answered is something this. What exactly, where does free will lie? Where? So That's he's the truth. So he's the truth. No, no, no. He doesn't no, 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 no. Where does it lie in a human being's decision? Right? Let's look at the steps of operation of a human being. Yeah? Okay. All of a sudden, a person has an idea. An idea in his mind. Right? He has the idea. I want to go to One, the Shir. I want to go to the Shir. <laughs> I want to go to the Shir. One. Two. As soon as he has that instant, he has to decide. He has to make a decision. Do I really want to go to the Shia? And that's number two. Number three, so the decision is number two. Number three is he has to will himself to move. He has to activate the will. Nobody knows what the will is and where it is. A will is something which, a will is something which, it's like, I want to go, I've decided I want to go, and now I need to will the brain. Why? Because the only way I can go is if my muscles are fired up by the neurons. In other words, I have to send an impulse down the nerve cells, which will then activate the muscles, contract the muscles, and then get off my chair and I go to the chair. You see? So what do we have? We have the concept or the idea. Concept of the idea. That's number one. The second thing we have is the decision. The decision. Do I want to do it or not? Very important what I'm telling you because we need to understand where does free will live? Yeah? Most people don't think about this. The third thing is, okay, I want to do something. I need to activate the will and the will will now fire the neurons which will contract the muscles and therefore I get up. Got that? That's the operations of the mind. Now, nobody knows what the will is. You, you think about that, you know? You want to get up. You're, you're sitting down, you want to get up. What in the world happened? How can your desire to get up affect your muscles? You, 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 the will is tenuous, it means it's not even a thing. Yet, if I want to do something, you, look, look at this. What did I just do? What did I do? Do I know how this hand moved? I have no idea. I have no idea. So then what happened? Well, the first thing is, I want to lift my hand. Right? The second thing is, right, I made a decision I want to lift my hand. The third thing is I activated the will. I don't know what that is. And the will then fires up the brain, the neurons in the brain. And the impulse flies down the neurons, contracts the muscles, and my hand goes like that. But what's interesting is that every nanosecond, I have to be willing my hand to go up. Because if I, I can stop. So I'm not even conscious of that. I'm not conscious of a will firing neurons get the brain to fire the neuron. I don't even think about it. I just go like that. You know what I'm saying? So like, what in the world is going on here? You know? You don't realize what a nest that is. Just because I want to get up doesn't mean that Kilo's there. It means, doesn't mean anything. 
Because the only way to get up is the muscles have to be contracted. In order to be contracted, it needs an impulse from the nerves. But in order to be an impulse from the nerve, the brain has to fire electric signal. But then what turns on the brain? I didn't turn it on. Did you see a switch anywhere? There's no switch. So then what was the switch? Sounds funny, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Nobody knows. It's the greatest mystery of all. The greatest mystery is what in the world is the mind? How does it work? But the, the mystery is like, how in the world do I do anything? Because I have to constantly will to want to do something. So first is the concept, then there is the desire, or the rather, the, well, first is the desire. Well, for the concept, there's a concept, then there's the desire for that concept. That's two. Then there's the decision, and then there's the will, and then there's the brain firing of the neurons. That's how many steps you go, and it's instant, which is astounding. Could you imagine these acrobats that f double, triple flip? That means they have to be willing every nanosecond that their bodies move in an unbelievably complicated maneuver. That's beyond belief, and nobody has an inkling of how that works. Nobody. Now, in that scenario, which I just told you, where does the free will lie? Decision. Before, the decision. before the decision. No, the decision. It, well, it, it's like, I want. But that I want is simultaneously with will. You see, that's where. Now, the Roshim, if he wants, can compel you. Because what he could do is, you know, he could actually put into your, he can make you decide. And then you will will, fire neurons, muscle contracts, and you'll do it. And you would know the difference. So here's it, the problem. It feels free anyway? What? It feels free anyway? It feels anyway. free, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You could change. You know, you know, if, if, you, if you, you need to realize how helpless we are, how much of a zero we are, you know, it's like, it's, so it's funny, so the only place that free will operates is the decision that precedes the will instantly. But we have no idea what the will is, and so on. So, and the so the decision and the will is almost simultaneous, you see. Now, so Bechira, free will means that nobody gave me the decision. You see, and nobody activated the will, which then activated the brain. Nobody, right? But the problem is, how can I have an independent decision? How do I give it existence? You see the problem? If everything that exists is only because the Rebbeinu gives it existence, then how can I have something independent of God, or else it would be free? How can I have that? Do you hear what the contradiction is? You guys got it? No. He's saying that there is a debate before the decision. I mean, there's, the, there's, there's the concept, the, the desire. There's the concept. The desire. I'm looking at an incredible piece of food. <laughs> a steak that's well done. Or rare. Rare. Not rare, medium. I'm into mediums. Okay, medium. And that's the best of both worlds, right? There's no salmonella. 
and one side, and at the same time it tastes great. Anyway, and if you can add fried onions, that even makes it better. So this is standing in front of me, right? One, that's the concept. Two, I like this, the desire. Three, I decide I want to eat this stuff. But in order to eat this stuff, I need to lift my hands and take the fork and the knife and so on, right? So automatically, the decision is yes. But it's so quick, right? And all of a sudden, the desire activates the will. Or rather, the decision activates a will. And that will is the interface between me and the whole operation. Got that? So where does Bechira come in? It comes in at the point of decision. I want to do it. You know, I, I, and all of a sudden, it comes in at the, at the point of decision. So what free will means is that decision, which will operate the will, does not exist other than what I want to do. Nobody gave it the decision existence. Because the words, if, in other words, if the Bonshim said, I want a decision, I will make it exist, mm -hmm. then you have no free will. Because he did it. So the question is, how can I have a free will, or rather, how can I have a free will, when the decision itself needs to be given existence by God before I made the decision? I can't make a decision on something that doesn't exist. That's the problem. If we believe that the is the Mahaver of everything, so how can I do something that he is not Mahaver or make exist? That's the question. I have no answer for that. And the interesting thing about that is that that question is hardly ever dealt with. Everybody's bothered by the foreknowledge of God and my free will. That's what they're bothered with. And I can answer simply, God doesn't exist in time. So there's no such thing as, free, as, as uh, interference because nothing will be. There's no future. But this one nobody seems to say. I can say. What? I can say. Yeah. That's after I've said it. No, no. I can answer. You got an answer? Sure. Okay, let's hear it, We are independent, we are part of Hashem. So Hashem took that part which makes the decision, said this is going to be you. And why, is, why is that an answer? Because, I mean, that's... I'm not God. In, no, no, in no, fact, no. in court to Him, I don't exist. Enid Novade means we don't really exist. No, but we are like in Him. We are no, we, we, you know, so we are not the boss of existence. Can you make something exist? Forget about the, the decision. Yeah, that decision. Well, well, we are both on, on the decision. The, he you took that part of him. No, no, you that no, means, no. And he said, this is going to be you, and I have that. And, no, 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 you're not. I, I have it through him, in a sense. Look at that. Believe me, you ain't part of him. <laughs> so immediately, very important to understand. That's number one. You know. I mean, really, how did the game want to have anything to do with you? But anyway. <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke. But anyway. I'm, I'm not beyond him. No, you understand. No, no, no. You understand. You cannot make anything exist. You're not a boy ray. What does it mean to be a boy ray? What does Bria, what does a boy ray mean? The only thing we can do is discover, investigate, or observe. We can do nothing more than that. We cannot make something exist. Why? Because we cannot give it existence. We can make it because that decision. It's exactly what you we are. We don't have the power to make anything exist. He gave it to us, no? But if he gave it to us, then we can do it on many other things also. Why only he, this? He gave it limited. He said, this is what you have. You don't know what you have. No, but we don't. We, we're not God. We can't do it. We're not, the, we're not a, a being that could make existence. It's him. If he gave it to us, he's still giving us 
the thing. It's not us. We don't originate existence. He does. So the question is, if we don't originate this stuff, how can I have it independent of God? Where did I get it from? I don't have that power. There's one thing I know. He created Bechir. That's a creation. That is a thing. How do we know that? Because that's it says... Yeah, no, no, because it says Ubechat so That's all that. other than that. Now, the way we know with that is the same way as his symptom is the Bria. Just like, how could the Bria create? How could, we, how could there be a Bria, Bechal, if, it's, if the heal exists and we don't exist? That's mm -hmm. part of the symptom that he made such a thing, a fake world that we could... The existence. So Mela, the Bechir itself, it's the fake... Same thing in the Bria we have in the Bechir. Why is Bechir a bigger character no, than how the Bria could stand without, without the Abishas to exist? Today? Wait, 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 wait. We have a right to think within the logic of this universe. Number one. Number two, there are certain transcendental laws of being, right? They're part of the Bria. We can think in those terms, okay? One of the things we know is that there's a thing called existence, being. The second thing we know is we can't do it. We cannot bring anything into existence. We know that. With that logic, how in the world can I bring something into existence without God having brought into existence before me? Simple. That's a good question. It's impossible. With the laws of our universe, this cannot be. It is an absolute contradiction. Because we don't exist to, it, It's an absolute contradiction to the laws of, or, or the, to the concepts of this Bria. We don't exist either. The whole existence is No, but that doesn't make sense. So the text is, we, in our world we exist. So he made our world just completely. <coughs> no, but God does not violate, it's not violate. fundamental it's concepts. Not, not, it, it is a violation. Because we don't have the power to make existence. We cannot make anything exist. We don't have power. But we find that Bechira gives us the power. How? What does that mean we have the power to make exist? How? If everything needs him to make exist, what, what does it mean? We're not God. We can't make something exist, even if it only be a decision. If I was compelled, anyway, I don't want to be there at that point. If I was compelled, let's say he forced me. Right? But, if he forced me, yeah. then how do I do it? No, no, no. So how do I do it? Because he forced me to do it. So why can't he didn't force you? He puts the decision in you, and you think it's yours. So he's in charge of that decision. Correct. So why can't he give you that in charge of that decision? He can't because thing. we don't have the ability to make anything exist. Decision doesn't mean creating. It sure it does. It's a why? Decision. No, it's right. that it, it's no. A decision. No. It's not a exactly. What? No, a what? decision is a new, is a created is something. Oh, a created idea. No, no. What? It's, it's, it's an abstract being, but it is a being nonetheless, isn't it? Even an abstract being is an existent thing. How can I have a decision which is an abstract concept? It's an abstract phenomena. Even an abstraction it has an existence. as an abstraction. I, how? Uh, it's, not, and it's a decision on something. I decided something. How? I don't know anything. I'm a zero. It, it, it was, what I'm saying is that within the ideas of this universe, this concept is incompatible. That's all. Hey, do whatever he wants. But like I said, we are beings that do not have the ability to make something. We cannot give existence to anything. So if that's the case, forget it. There's no free will. So what's the answer? That's the problem. What? So what's the answer? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything. I admit it. <laughs> free will means that I did myself have any help whatsoever. What? That's a cliffhanger. They don't do it.
That is a cliffhanger. You know, he even, look, Ra- Rashi says any of there. I certainly am nobody. I exactly any of there. I don't know. I, I was, it's worse than that. I don't find anybody who has that problem. That, it's worse. It's stuck a Yeah, they don't have to, they, You know why? Because they don't realize what the Russian is. And they don't realize my absolute dependence on the Russian for everything. They don't realize that. Free will means I did everything myself. I came to a shoot. No, that's what free will. But means when I means will, it's free. Nobody made the decision before me. That's what free will means. True. Free will true. means unencumbered, unhampered, unrestrained. My input. Well, then it won't happen. What was that? Free will. It doesn't have my piece. It won't happen. But once I decide to do it, I could join forces, forces with something else. But what's the once you decide? But, no, but what the once you decide? Who is that once you decide? What gave that once you decided existence? God. So therefore, he had. Therefore, he preceded your decision by giving it existence. You cannot make a decision without it having existence. Who gave it existence? How can you? You can't. You can't make an intermediate distance. No, but I don't so know. free will is mutually exclusive of this of this bria. Why can't you anyway? Answer, why can't you like, the point? Why can't you answer like the multiverse idea that both options why? exist, and you choose one of them? It doesn't answer the question. Still choices. Are, How do you make a choice? The choice that Ruvain uh, chose a is itself a concept. Exactly. Well, it doesn't exist unless God makes it exist. Uh, then I can't do it. Well, if I need him, that's compelled already. In the historical well, he's asking that you you can't yeah, have, you cannot have anything that exists independent of him. Because where'd you get the existence from? So maybe we do have that power. No, we don't have that. Oh, he broke that law. You that law when it comes to decisions, he is not break the law. We are we are bothering to choose that answer. Well, we are buried. With that, what you're saying is, in, item. Shh. What you're saying is true. We are buried. Forget I'm, my questions. I don't know how. I have no idea how this works. So forget about that. But in the end, it says natur b'chato b'chaim. Shleita chazoy. Says natur. We and you will choose life. If that's the case, I'm a buried. Correct. Man is a true buried in that phenomenon. On the decision. On that, yes. In fact, that's the only thing you're a boy, Because everything else is a mechanism. Then the will and the brain and all that's there. You know, you know, it's there and that's it. So you, you use the instrument called the brain. The brain in this context becomes your <coughs> instrument, which is interesting. But you exist be- before the will and you're a boy, yes. Man is mamash a because free will allows him to create that which did not exist before he created it, which was the decision. That's the answer. No, but the, 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 well, it's the answer because we know we have to have a chira. I mean, that's the fundamental one, fundamentals of Torah, you know. But anyway, you're saying there's some sort of thing independent from Hashem. It can't be else. Oh, that's the only. That, then it's not free. If God has to give existence, then the existence has to precede my decision. I mean, you know, I and God cannot be simultaneous in that sense. Maybe because I don't have any ability to bring anything into existence. You understand how you have to proceed there, you know? But in the end, we do have free will, obviously, and therefore we are Buddha, yes. Only man is, in that way, we are God, yes. Yeah, that gives us the ability to be, God, to be God-like. And that's why it says, 
It's a, well, that's the real Tzalamukim, the one. Okay. There are other ideas, but also it says in the, uh, the Yom of Yom Shlishi, El Kimatem, you are God, you know? Because we are the only one that do that. It is interesting, there are Malachim that have Bechira. It's also interesting. Which The highest ones. Well, well name you know, Michoel. There are very high Malachim. Most Malachim have no free will. It means they are given a Shlichus, a malach is a very interesting being. We don't know what it is, but a malach has several things going on. One, he's given an order in his mind, and he's given power to do that order, koyach, energy, and he also is able to, um, what I say, he has uh, energy, he has the will, and he knows it's from God, the, the validity of the information. But he doesn't know where, he, but he doesn't know where God is. So he says, I aim to the It's incredible. A Malach always said, hey, wow, I didn't know you wanted that. Like, it's like, he just pops up in his mind as an order. He knows God is given in the order. And all of a sudden he has the energy to perform the, the order. Instantly. And like, it, 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 I, I don't see anybody giving me an order. Like, where did he come from? That's their relationship. No, they have, they have certain connection with the divine. They do, but... When they say, beyond I, just, it's not no. just independent order. I mean, they have certain perception of themselves. What the perception is is that they know that there is a God because God talks to them, but they have no idea what the being is that's talking to them. That Malach communicates with God, but he has actually no concept of who or where God is. But he knows God. That's called the epistemological, which I mentioned last week. He knows that he's from God. Yeah, exactly. So in that sense, he's completely aware of a being called God. That's true. But he has no idea why, because the Muslim doesn't sit in front of him and say, by the way, I want you to do something, you know? It's, it's an instant, if he has a mind, I don't know what Malach had, but let's assume he has a mind and, a, and so, you know, something appears in his mind. Like there it's it super is. <clears throat> yeah, it's like just a, an order with energy, and he knows it's the Muslim talking to him. But he has nothing, he knows nothing beyond that. You know, I'm sure maybe, you know, he has feelings, you know, which is Dvekas or whatever and so on and so forth, you know. <coughs> but he has, no, he has no experience with the origins of any of this. Dvekas by him is Shira, going back to his Shira is a response to his Dvekas. Response Correct. That's right. Shira is a response, is a response to the Asaga of an incredible experience. That's what Shira is. So this is partial. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah that's right. So, <clears throat> so some malachim have bechira, which is interesting. It's not just man. Most malachim don't. Well, they get they orders and that's have. it. They, they, what? If they, if they, if they can actually decide not to do it, it's they suicide. Can well, that's yeah. what it means they don't have. It's not that you can't deviate. You could deviate. It's just suicide. Yeah. They're not. They're, they're jumping they're off the cliff and they see it. Nobody would do it. So that's the difference between us and them. Is we don't see it. We don't see the jumping off a cliff. They do. Well, well they, 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 they are. They talk. They right? communicate with God. I mean, you know, it's, it's a. Uh, he's a real being to them. Although had no well, consequences. You, you were saying, remember, you were saying that they can't. Amchal says they, they can't. Could. What? They can't deviate. They don't have to They sure they do. The Amchal says they, they can't they deviate. Could. The Malach. It's just suicidal for them. 
Well, they destroy well no, it's not to have tzuzah. Wait, wait, wait. For instance, the malach, no, they get punished, but they don't know. For instance, the malach with, um, with Lot, right? There were two malachim. Sure, they were high, but what's the difference? So they made one, one of them made a terrible mistake. It was terrible. He made a mistake, you know? He says, I will, I will uh, save you or something like that. What do you mean, I? Excuse me. So he was punished. I think they threw him out 400 years or something. Of Pamali Shemala, whatever they did, you know? So the question was, too, how in the world did he say that? What was his, you know? So you have to say he had free will. He made a mistake. Well, how can you make a mistake if you have no free will? It's impossible. And if you made a mistake, how can you be punished? You didn't do it. So clearly you see there are malachim that have uh, free will. And therefore he made a mistake, you know. What they don't have is they have no Yetzirah. Uh, their will is not based on taiva. It's based on truth. His problem was there was a certain distortion of the truth that it's not he, it's the You know what I'm saying? We have Bechira on taiva and all kinds of, you know. He had a, uh, so his mistake was, you know, uh, you know, it, it, truth and non-truth and so on, you know. But obviously, he's mistake. mistake. So the column there speaks about it. It says when the message from the, the connection is not so clear, and he doesn't get his message really clear, that's when they have bechira. That's when they can deviate. When they, yeah, usually they know exactly what's wanted from them, but when they're not connected fully to the shayrish, they sometimes get a foggy message, and that's when they can do bechira, and that's when they can get ibud. No, bechira is independent of what they decide to do. Bechira is a facility. It's a faculty. It's a property of the being. It's irrelevant if he can employ it or not. Does the monarch have Bechir or not? He does. It has nothing to do with if, he un- if the message was vague. So why, why are you splitting it between higher malachim and lower malachim? Let's say it's simple. Every malach has Bechir. No. No malach will choose that because it's suicide. You know, that only the highest malachim in the that? upper categories. Uh, that's what it says. I mean, it's not my tradition. That, I, I, you know, I saw it. I, I saw it years ago, you know. But, but, but I gave you a riot for that. I gave you the riot from Meloit. The Mahamalach made a mistake. When he says, I will save you. Yeah, that was a mistake, so I could be punished. Yeah, because I'm coming from the Mahamalach. No, no, no. Anyway. <clears throat> no, it's a contrary to the story. I mean, I'm giving you a riot from the, from the Meister of Meloit. No, it says over there Malachim Bechiri, it doesn't differentiate between which Malachim. No, no, but there are. Most Malachim have no Why? Why is it that way? Because they're messengers, because they're instruments. So, but why higher ones do have and lower ones don't? Why okay. is it kind of... Okay, it's a study of Malachim. Oh. It's called angel, angel, angelology. <laughs> you went in there. It's called the study of angels. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole limit, you know, all Malachim. Because most of them have a Yitzira, a Yitzira. Some of them are much higher into Briam, so, you know. Why do they need Bechir? Why is that concept, why is that concept necessary? You know, it's like, uh, yeah, why? Because there's no Namdik Sufa. Whatever. That's a good question. You know, what do they even need that faculty for? And so on, you know. But anyway. The Samach Mem has Bechir. Maybe that's why. Well, yeah, because, yeah. Yeah, he has Bechir. But anyway, so anyway, that's the, so that, therefore, uh, you know, that's Bechira, we have an understanding. You need it in order to be the master of your choice. And that will allow you, therefore, to have no Namdik Sufa, no bread of shame. And therefore, you are held responsible. That's the key for whatever you do. You know, we just went on the ideas of Bechira. There's a range of Bechira. There's no thing that's total Bechira. You know, in certain situations you do, in certain situations you don't. Depending if the Schavi Yonish, if much wants to punish you, 
or reward you, you don't have Bechira, you will make the decision which obviously will bring you the schar or the Einish, the reward or the, or the punishment, so, you know. Uh, again, you know, we, we have no idea, we cannot discern when we have Bechira and when we don't. There's no way we can know, you know. And <coughs> the problems of Bechira, in terms of foreknowledge and so on, and, you know, that's, that's the free one, so on and so forth, you know. And Goyim, everybody has Bechira, even Goyim, you know. If you have a Tzivu, you have Bechira. Can't be. All human beings have Bechira. You know, uh, only animals have no, they have no Bechira, obviously. So if your pet parakeet starts singing, you know, your pet dog comes over you, there's no Bechira there. And you should know one thing, which Ramchal will say, so that has a tremendous bearing on what happens. Because man has Bechira, therefore his act can affect the Priya. Not affect, affect the Priya. Because we have free will, there are consequences to our act that can affect the Bria, the upper world. Oh, That's called Is Arus de la Tato. In other words, since we have free will, we, the Is Arus de la Tato means the, uh, the movement starts from below. It means Shemayim waits. They don't do anything. They wait. They wait for us to choose. In other words, we are a true cause. That's what Bechir means. And Isarus de la Tata means that the awakening of energies comes from below us, because we have Bechira. So what happens is we choose, we decide, we act, and that sends up, whatever it sends up, forces and energies and so on to Shemayim, and that therefore does something, and, uh, and that then it turns around, which is din, and comes back down here. Ah, that's called Isarusa the Tata. If you remember, I said the beginning shear, I started off. If you remember, I started off with something. My Nukvin and my Dukvin. You know? That's why. When we, when we do a mitzvah, we need to send up a request. Our request is our actions. And that hits, that goes all the way up the Shefa. It hits what's called Chochma, Sphira, and then Chochma sends down the result of that Shefa. And that's called Isarus de la Tato. Which one is Nukhma and Nukhma? Man and Mad, yeah. yeah. Which one is it? Oh, no, when we send up, that's Tukhra. And when they send down, it's Nukhma. Tukhra simply means a masculine, because a male gives, whereas a female receives. So when we, we send up, we send up a request that goes up. So, that's, so you know, and then uh, when they send down, that's Nukhma we receive. You know. But in any case, whereas Everything else is Isaud Delielo. They can do nothing. Shemaim says, I want you to do this. They are like robots. Animals are robots, fundamentally. They have absolutely no free will. Everything is decided for them. You know, if you walk in a forest or the jungle and a tiger looks at you, lion, whatever, that lion is not operating from free will. The Shemaim will determine what that line does to you. Does he have a choice, but the will, the decision is made, is, is forced, or by he has a, no by, choice? By an animal? Yeah. No choice. There's a teva, means there's a, what, that's, that disguises the fact that it's Shemaim that always directs them. Teva. So we say, well, the tiger will do what his nature is. You know what I'm saying? But it's so, you know, and, and so on. But what's really happening is Shemaim operates by what's called rules. Rules and regulations of operations of Shemayim, it's called nature. 
That's what nature is. It's rules and regulations on a consistent basis of how Teva works. Therefore, it's called nature because it's a consistency of rules. That's all nature is. It's a consistent rule. But the rules are always generated by Shemayim. That we don't realize that, you see. A ness is when all of a sudden, it's still generated by Shemayim, but there's a deviancy of the rules for whatever time, and that's called a ness. But in the end, even the rules are arbitrary in a certain sense. So who made, not who made the rules, but can you violate the rules? Why not? The, the rules are not absolute, they're arbitrary. Which is a very important idea. And that's what Rabbi Hanina ben said. When he, she, his daughter came to him and said, you know, we don't have any oil, we just have vinegar. You know, so what do we do? Because vinegar doesn't burn, right? Not combustible. So Rabbi Hanina ben said, so what's the problem here, you know? He said, what the problem is? Uh, you know, it doesn't burn. He says, look, whoever said oil burns, will say vinegar burns. So what, what's he really saying? Was it a mess? Theoretically it was, but really it wasn't. All he meant was that the rules of combustibility is not absolute. It's arbitrary. Because the motion wants things to be able to be burnt. But it's only totally in his rotsen, his will. If he doesn't want it, it doesn't happen. In other words, there's nothing in nature that forces God to make combustibility. That's what he really said. It's just an, an economy. They put on the vinegar and it burnt the whole Shabbos. It was even better, it burnt the whole Shabbos. So, you know, and he was right. You know, that's when, when you, if you go into a forest or you see any, any threat by any living form, is absolutely Isarus de Leela, which means that the Isairus of Shefa, of Bechira, is from top to bottom. And therefore, but when it's consistent, it's called nature, you know. So that's, that's all animals have no free will. <clears throat> Whatever they do is based on rules and regulations which have consistency. Period. Man is the only one that has Isaruta Delatato that we can send up a force that can actually influence the Priya. It's a very important distinction between human beings and all other creatures. You know, and so on. And that comes obviously from free will. The reason why we have Isaruta Delatato is because we're boring. We can create. That's it. What's that? Goyim. Goyim also have that, yeah. They can also be boyre. Just much less probably. Well, because they have, first of all, they have Sheva Mitzvahs. And a, a Goy is held accountable. Remember, you cannot be held, you can't be punished or held accountable if you have no free will. Because you're a robot. Clearly Goyim are held accountable. There's all kinds of ancient going on. All kinds of punishments. I mean, look at the third world. That's classic punishment of, of Goyim. Uh, the whole concept of 80% of mankind is third world. Poverty, incredible poverty, grinding poverty. You know, so, you know. it's all the ancient, because most of the world is Chayim Misa. It sounds strange. <laughs> it is, wasn't it? it is. It's quite daring. You know why? Uh, let me tell you something. What, like a two year old? A five year old? Yeah, well, yeah. Why did Chayim miss Yeah, it's pretty bad, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Leads me off into a different direction. I don't, I'm not trying to, I'm sorry. No, no, I, I, I'm okay with that. But I'm just saying. Yeah. <coughs> Most of the world is Chayim Misa. There are four judicial equivalents. It means if you get it, really, 
instead of dying, you get this. There are four things that are considered dead. Blind, he's considered as if he was dead. If he's poor, Yaakov Avinu with Alifas, he's considered dead. If he has Saras, he's considered dead. And a woman that cannot give birth to children, childless, is considered dead. Our, uh, four people are considered dead. What does it mean? It uh, means that the Bonsham, there's one more, but anyway, that's Pachat Mavis, the fear of death. If you, if you go through something which is a fear of death, you can, that, that's also a judicial equivalent of death. In other words, what the Bonsham has is a selection. He can either kill you because you hide Misa, because you did something which is hide Misa, or he can give you the other four or five. So there's six things that are death. Five equivalencies, equivalencies and one death. Okay. Most of the world is Chayab Misa. It's incredible. Right? I'll give you a classic example, which nobody understands. Uh, slavery in the United States. Yeah. They're all Chayab Misa. Why? If a Jew kidnaps another Jew, that's the Aserah Zedibras. That little signal of you shall not steal, it's not stealing, it's kidnapping. Right? You have Misa. If you kidnap another Jew, which means you deny him liberty, it's really what it is, right? The Jew is Chayab Misa. A guy is, of course, Chayab Misa. All the slaves in America, where they come from? Africa. It was a slave trade. People used to go to Africa and grab the blacks and bring them to the ship with terrible. The, so the, they used to kidnap blacks. It's an, it was a huge kidnapping operation that was sanctioned by the governments and by people because they were buying it. Yes? So therefore, millions of slaves, millions of blacks in Africa, you know, okay, let them live the way they did. But they destroyed them. They separated them from their wives, their kids. It's unbelievable what that did. They took and put them in, the ship conditions were terrible. They brought them to America and it was a slave trade, mostly in the South. Now ask yourself, the Ochaib Misa. The guys who kidnapped the Machaib Misa, the ones who bought the Machaib Misa, because the Messiah, to, to, to the Avera of Avdus and so on and so forth. Uh, so the whole America's Chaib Misa. It's astounding. Because everybody sanctioned and condoned slavery of people that were kidnapped. Chaib Misa. Back then. Back then? Everything gets punished. It's not an iota that the Bosham overlooks. Okay? The Bosham will bring them back with Gilgal and make them all suffer. But he'll make them suffer in different ways. For those people of Chai Misa, he can put them here, they'll be born in the third world. Right? And in the third world, they have terrible poverty. Early death, terrible suffering, incredible poverty. That's, that's, that's a judicial equivalent. And since 80% of the world is third world, they're all Chayim Misa. That's why, why else are they poor? For those people who are not so bad off, they will be born in the industrialized world. America, England, Europe, you know, where it's more industrial, where it's a normal situation, you know what I'm saying? But that's why. In fact, the Zoya says that. So we're good. The Zoya, what? We're good. Well, we're, yeah, we're, we're, so, so we're good. Yeah. We're very good. <laughs> You know? No, people don't realize this. Well, why would the Bonsham make 80% of the war, world poverty? 
You know, in India, you know what they make in India? What's the, what do they make in India? They make $2 a day. You know, you know what it is to make $2 a day? You know, I, I once read that a million people sleep on the, sleep, uh, sleep on the streets of, uh, formerly, what was it called? Uh, right. Mombasa, not Mombasa, what's the, uh, Mumbai, uh, the you know, uh, what was big it? city in India. Yeah, what's it called? Uh, Mumbai? Mumbai. Yeah, yeah Mumbai. Changed name. Yeah, it changed his name. Yeah, changed his name. It used to be Bombay. No, it used to be, no, no. Mumbai used to be. Bombay, Bombay. It used to be Mumbai. No, it was Mumbai. Oh, I forgot, you know. You said this yeah. is a Zoya. What does the Zoya say? The Zoya says that in the end of time, many people come back and be poor because they're high Misa. Well, the question is, why would the Russian do that? I mean, why is 80% of the world poverty? You know, and the answer is because they're high Misa, and this is the Oynish that they have to go through to, to alleviate the Chayim Misa. Why it's tragic. Why so, are they coming back? What? Why are they coming back? They're going, what's it right. going? What are they? Because they're Irish. The, 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 slavery is also for them also. Geneva. They gave us other. Yeah, what? What's the ending of the whole Gilgul and the Irish? Why not Gehenna? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not Gehenna? Yeah, 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 what are they doing? I don't know. Why, why, why does anybody, how does Russia determine? Do I give it in Gehenna or do you come back here? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, it's really, it's all part of the Chishbonus of. Where do you get, uh, what do you get, and where do you get, and so on. But that's the concept over here, that's why, you know. So, you think about that, it's, and now forget about the, America, the rest of the world, you know, the pogroms, the crusades. I mean, you know what's going on here, how much chi of misa there is. It's unbelievable what's going on. That's why billions of people are poverty-stricken. Interesting. Yeah, because this is all Mishpat, justice. These are people who are used to be, whether it be the Assyrians, or the Babylonians, or the Romans, you know, or the, or the Christians, the Crusades and the expulsions of Jews and all the other, the, 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 you know, the terrible, the, the Black Plague when they killed so many Jews, or Chemelniki, you know, the massacres and so on, so tak tak. They there's no free ride here. You come back and you get it back. You know, and, the, and they, you know, we, we don't know the, like, what happened to the Philippines at Typhoon. We don't know why. We, we cannot identify who's what. But <coughs> what are we going to say? That hurricane was Shalakadim? Can't say that. Because the Bonshu says, Sadiq Vyosho. You know, that's what it is. Now, I don't understand what they did and why them and how the Bonshu singled them out. It's beyond us. But there is no such thing. Anyway, that's the main idea. So, uh, how do I get into this conversation? Me? No, how do I get into it? Uh, start off with poverty. Free will? No, I don't remember. You gotta rerun the video to see how I got into this. <laughs> but, uh, the, the, so the main idea is that, uh, so therefore, you know, this is the concept of Bechira, where we are truly a beret. You know, and we, we're a shutaf, that's what it means, we're a shutaf. If we don't have a khiri, we're not a shutif at all. We're not a partner to God. But since we can create, literally, we are a partner. Because the universe waits for us. You know, the awakening from on high or from below and so on and so forth. So therefore, we are truly, a, uh, we are God-like. I mean, that, that's why the Malachim look at us and say, you know, wow, you know. How is it possible? The whole, first, the whole first series, Aleph and Beis, 
the whole one. Broken off from bees. Yeah. Created, you, you showed us how that there's nothing outside the existence of a Gersh Barakul. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're yeah. saying there's something that could be outside of that. Well, the first pair dealt with God. Who is he? But, but the now second that you have dealt that with idea. purpose, Tachas. Now the third pair is going to go into the conditions I understand, but that allow that Tachas. That nothing, that if God is at least the way we understand him, existence itself. Yeah. How could it be possible that we can create something outside of that structure, outside of that essence? Well, that well, that's my question. We can't. Or we can because the Torah says, but uh, it's uh, it, it's unknown. It's a contradiction in term. And if I take that one step further, then how is it? Then, in other words, then people start. Then how do you fight off the ideas that that start coming that? Uh, you might be able to do something negative, the Ratzon Hashem, really negative, the Ratzon Hashem. If, yeah. you, if you can create, yeah. it's not like Hashem has made it possible for you to go do a Vodazara because. Yeah, well, you, you can create you a can will that does negative, a will. opposes God. Yes. Yes. But in actuality, what actually happens is not necessarily outside of what He wanted to happen. Yeah, but, but whatever free will is, we have the ability to oppose the will of God. Oppose the will, but in terms of what actually happens. Happens, no, then He has to allow us to oppose His will. How many people want to get up in the morning and all of a sudden they're dead? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know, which is fascinating. The only place that you can exercise free will is the decision. After that, it's completely up to the version. To actualize the free will is all up to the version. Before that also. We, we don't even have free will on the actualization of free will. We just have the free will. The question is like, if Reuben kills Shimon, and it could be Hashem's had no reason for Shimon to die yeah. at that time, or is it, and... What? If Reuben kills Shimon, yeah. and Hashem had no reason for Shimon to die at that time, it's still possible because this Reuben decided to be a murderer, so he so Shimon can die, even though that's it wasn't a big question. That, that is I mean, a that is very classic difficult question. problem. That's the classic question. Yeah. There's an Urachayim. By Yosef. This week's Pasha, yeah? Yeah, this week's Pasha, yeah, exactly, you know? It's, it's really problematic. I mean, you know, I, you know... That's Mamish Neged. Yeah, that, it, it, they threw Yosef into the pit, right? And there were no, snakes and scorpions there. That was a death sentence. Yeah, how, how, do you, how do you survive? We don't know how he survived. Nisim, you know, that he survived, so, right? So the question is, what, what do you mean? Was Yosef deserving to be thrown in the pit? No. So then, why did the Bosham allow them to do it? So the, uh, the Archaim says that free will allows you to do things to somebody even if they are undeserving. And that's incredible. You know what I'm saying? Normally the way to say is that there are two components here. You need to have free will and he's got to deserve what you're about to do. If you don't deserve it, then that guy will be thwarted, frustrated, you know? But the Archaim seems to be saying, again, uh, that no, that which, which, which is a panic. You realize what that means? I mean, anybody can decide to do anything whether you deserve it or not. But then the real question is, where's the mishpat? Where's justice in this? Because Yena, because that guy deserves to have free will, so this guy's got to drop dead? I mean, what kind of, what kind of mishpat is that? You know what I'm saying? How could, how could an avla be allowed because there's a requirement of free will? This is the problem that you would have with the Urchaim Shita. I'm sure there are arguments against that Shita. Yeah, there's no, of course. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my question on the Urchaim is... What's I mean, the answer? 
to what the Orchayim? The question, the problem isn't what the Orchayim is saying. The problem is justice. What does that mean? Because he's got a requirement. No, no, but the fact that it's allowed to happen. No, the Mahal is not a Chaim because it's Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's the problem is justice. Because that guy has a requirement of free will that this guy can die. The Chaim Kodesh and Basha Vayishla speaks about a little bit, it seems. By money he answers. He says, oh, the guy's going to get back money a different way. But that doesn't help by killing someone. No, it's just, you know, so one more speak. How do you rectify a guy dying? Can't. So it's a, it's a problematic or a Chaim. I'm sure there must be an answer somewhere, but I don't know what it is. Uh, I mean, Pashtas, the, there's two Dinim here. He has to have free will, and these guys, yeah. guys deserve to be harmed in the direction of this guy's free will. Then it makes sense, you know? You know, so, you know. There is an Indian... There is an Indian which says by a mica, you know, he's supposed to put a guardrail. He's supposed to put a guard on a roof. He's supposed to put, I think it's called a parapet, or a guardrail around the roof. It's a mitzvah. You know what I'm saying? You're not allowed to have a roof without any rail around that, obviously. So the Torah says something very interesting. The Torah says, Because somebody's going to fall off the roof. You know? The interesting thing is the language of the Torah. It should have just said, And a man will fall off it. But it doesn't say that. It says, A faller will fall off the roof. Which sounds like he's got to fall. You know? He's got to fall. He's a noifel. The gzad din is he's got to fall off a roof. Right? And you are going to be the instrument that allows him to fall off the roof. So that indicates that you can't do any... Even your bechira has to jive, as they say, with the guy who's being harmed. You know, you know it's keeper ha noifel. That ish means the faller will fall. Which means that he was destined to fall. Which means that's his oinish, or whatever that is, right? That's the mishpat, the justice, the judgment. He's got to fall, right? And you had the free will not to do that. So from that you seem to see that there is a concept that nothing can happen to a person unless he deserves it. From, from that, you know? Yeah, but you're not actually doing it. You're not taking a gun and shooting him. You're just leaving an open roof. Well, you violated the mitzvah saying. Yeah, no, you're, uh, you're, you're, leaving, you're making it a mochim sakana. So the yeah. guy that has to fall can get, can get his punishment. Now yeah, because because yeah, but what it indicates is the guy won't fall if he's not a knife yeah, so yeah, he He's got to be a faller. Push him off, he won't fall if he's not a knife If you put him in an environment of Sakana, then he won't fall if he's not a knife Because if it's not destined for him to fall, he won't fall. But if you actually push him off the roof, then he might be... That's not what he's saying. The, the, the guy who the made the roof? The, the, no, he's saying that... Who are you doing? The guy who would... You're saying the Rechaim is not a steward to that Pesach. That but that Pesach seems to indicate that if he's not a Neufel, he won't fall. Right, but he's saying if a person has a Pesach, you could shoot him. You're a positive. You're a positive. You're a positive thing to him. If a positive Pesach, you could decide to kill him. He might, he, only when he falls on his own, which is Tevedig actions, that makes him only through a Neufel. That's what he wants to say. But over here, Chaim is talking different, different case. Chaim is talking that about somebody is allowed actually to... pushing somebody off the roof. Yeah. Say, or shooting. Yeah, yeah. There you don't have to be a knife. Yeah. But, the yeah, but, but that, but that indicates the concept of knife that 
it's not going to happen unless he's a neufer. That's what it indicates, doesn't it? Therefore, in order for anything to happen to a person, he has to be judged that this will happen. It's not He's saying it's no, only no. passive. What? Only in a passive situation. What's passive? Nothing, nobody pushed him off, he fell off the roof. What's the difference? So there... Why, why should there be a difference? The will was was. The Rachaim his motion says that the bechir that you could do that's not b'asher that's not that's not to happen yeah. is when a man does a positive action to somebody to kill him, not just not just not just putting him in a vine where he can get her. That's, that's, that's the language. Well, I mean, the guy who didn't put the the gate on his roof for the fence. Didn't you know push the guy off. He made a mokum sakana. It's true, and there's a concept of something like that. You mokum sakana. This guy was a noifil, so he walked into mokum sakana. So he, so, so. so he's saying the difference. Okay, yeah. I have. One is where he actually chose to harm, and the other is I didn't choose. He just didn't put a roof. So yeah. let's say for a second. But it, it clearly indicates that there is a that in order to have a judgment, there is a, a necessity to be guilty of that. Yeah, yeah. it clearly indicates no. Anyway, there are problems. You know, it's not simple. A lot of sheetas and so on. You know, and there are obviously variations. You know, because we don't like I showed the rivosh. You know, God doesn't know what's going to happen, which is it's a rishon, it's astounding rishon. You know, I don't even like to say it. Whatever. How do you move it's on with the problems? What? How do you move on? With anyway, so yeah. that's the third situation: is the concept of bechira, free will, and we will continue next week. Oh, by the way, by the way. Hanukkah. Two weeks from tonight is Hanukkah. There's no shir. Because well, we're having our thing. But there's no shir. So I think... Did I ever give a Hanukkah shir? A long time ago. I think I'll give a Hanukkah shir. What is it? Did I ever give that? No, I heard it on tape. Oh, but the Hashem Ayin, when they were here, they were not seeing that included them? Well, that was the end of this year, yeah. So, I, I, my question is, should I give a Hanukkah shir or not next week? Well, why not? Any reason not to? Okay, then I'll give it. Whatever. Anyway, because it's Shabbos Hanukkah, a lot of people are having parties and all that, so... Okay.